Welcome back to your haunted holiday. This is Lisa. And this is Lindsay. And today, Lindsay, we're going to a location that I know several listeners have mentioned when we were doing like a Facebook Live a while back. And a bunch of people from my work have mentioned this place as well. So it just keeps coming up. And I don't even know why we haven't done an episode on this because it's for sure haunted. Okay. I have no idea where we're covering, but I'm looking forward to it. This is your haunted holiday at the Jerome Grand Hotel in Jerome, Arizona. This has been a listener request from numerous people, Lindsay, including Tara, who recently emailed us and also recommended the Cosmopolitan Hotel that we just happened to stay at right before she sent us that email. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember seeing some things about this hotel, but I actually know nothing about the Jerome Hotel. So this will be a good one for me. I I love recording these because I learn so much about these different places. It's funny because this place like semi-embraced the ghosts. They they address the supposed haunting even on their website. But they're like, "Ah, I don't know, maybe it's haunted. But I mean, the place is haunted themed for sure. (laughs) And really the whole town is known for being kind of haunted. So let's get into it a little bit. So Jerome, Arizona actually was known as a mining town and the mine opened up for copper in 1876. And it was one of the biggest copper mines in the world if not the largest. And as we know in the 1800s, once a mine was found, people are earning money, the place starts booming a little bit, right? It reminds me of Tombstone, which is also in Arizona, that we covered a while back, and and they found silver there, right? So that became the reason that that, you know, kind of built up. Yes, similar reason. And both Arizona, however, I will say the landscape is quite a bit different. This is a place built on a canyon and like in a huge valley. So it's mountainous, it's steep. I mean, it's amazing that they were able to build anything here because a lot of the the buildings were actually built like on really severe slopes and cliffs. And building this building actually was considered kind of an architectural feat. It was built of concrete, on like a 50 degree slope. And they say it's amazing that a lot of these buildings still stand. In fact, some of them just randomly, the face of the building will fall off over time. But they say this building in particular is very structurally sound. Let's hope if you're gonna go stay there. (laughs) One more thing to be frightened of, right folks? That would be a little scarier than the ghosts if the face of the building just decided to fall off Um, the front of a hill. Absolutely. I'll take ghosts over that any day of the week. But it is very scenic. So like, you know, the whole place is looking over the Verde Valley and what it was originally built as. You know, a lot of times we hear about these old haunted hotels that were originally built as a hotel, but then they turned into a makeshift hospital because of a war or, you know, something that happened. This originated as a hospital. Ooh, I love it. Okay, this is promising. <laughs> it's morbid, but true, folks. I mean, it's 
hospitals are haunted. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this. Like, hospitals are haunted. They, you know, it was serving the miners that were living there back in the day, as well as any locals. And, you know, there's accidents in mining, people get sick, people die at hospitals. And there was also a major flu epidemic that was going on. So this place was built in 1926. So there was apparently the the town of Jerome was really ravaged by the flu epidemic and there was a lot of deaths as a result of that. Now, aside from the fact that it was a hospital, the like I said, the town was booming as a result of having this mine. And in 1929, to give you some perspective of what happened to this town, they had a population of about 15,000 people living there. By 1955, the mine had died off and there were less than 100 people living Mm -hmm. in this town. So it is a very small town and to this day they say there's approximately 450 actual residents. Wow. I I mean, I'm sure some of our listeners live in smaller towns and, and are familiar with what this is like. I mean... I've only really driven through this kind of place. It's it's really interesting. I I would love to go to a small town and ghost hunt in a cool old hotel. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and we've done it, and they tend yeah. to be pretty cool. But there's usually not like a Mickey D- D's down the road or, you know, something like that if you're hungry. You know, there's, there's limited <laughs> options. <laughs> That's true. Although, I mean, come on. Jerome has got to have a McDonald's. I'm going to have to Google this. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, we know Red Boiling Springs, Tennessee did not. There was really nothing. They, they had, had nothing. They had the Thomas House. Right. That's now, all we found. This city continues to be kind of known as a like ghost town. There's lots of museums around the mining industry. So although they have a small population, there are a lot of people that do go there for tourism and you know, family vacations, that kind of thing. The hospital itself closed down in 1950 when the town really started dwindling down. There was really no need anymore for a hospital. The building remained vacant for quite some time. And in 1996, it actually reopened as a hotel after two years of renovations. And I find that to be an interesting choice to make a hospital a hotel. I mean, let's just be real, Lindsay. When you look at this building on top of the hill, okay, from the pictures, Mm -hmm. it's creepy. You immediately say, this is obviously a haunted place. But it's also huge at the same time. That's interesting. I will say it could make some sense because, I mean, a lot of times a hospital structure isn't all that different. That's probably why a lot of old hotels can be converted into, you know, makeshift hospitals in times of war and and disease and that kind of thing, because you have individual rooms for patients. So that's probably how they could convert. I mean, that's just me guessing without seeing it or having any idea. And honestly, we'll talk about the rooms and stuff. I, I think it turned out fine. If I was somebody that was trying to make a nice hotel, my first choice would not be, let's let's make a hotel at this hospital where all these people probably died, right? Right. However, I'm into ghosts, so I'm all about it. But that's not why they made the hotel. Like, the new owners were not doing it, like, out of ghost hunting stuff. But not long after it opened as a hotel, people started reporting things. And let me talk a little bit about 
some of the deaths that occurred while it was a hospital. There are a few reported deaths outside of people that just died of accidents, natural causes, that kind of thing. The the most notorious one was in the 1930s. There was a maintenance worker there named Claude Harvey, and he was found in the basement with his head pinned under the elevator. Oh, no. And they say that the elevator was fully functioning. There didn't seem to be anything wrong with it. And a lot of people think that maybe he was actually murdered and because it didn't make any sense how something like this could have happened to this guy who, you know, was was somebody that was a very well-respected maintenance worker that really knew what he was doing. So if his, if he was identified, if his body was found when his head was pinned, leads me to believe that his head was still pinned underneath the elevator. Yes. That tells me the elevator wasn't probably functioning properly. Now, they tested I don't know the it. whole story. They so tested they were able it. to just move it off of his head by right. just changing the The door. elevator was working perfectly. And actually, Lindsay, it is considered the oldest service elevator still used to this day in Arizona. That elevator is still there. And the elevator is mm-hmm. one of the creepiest parts of the building, actually. It's like really old looking so I don't obviously we're going to talk about that elevator a little bit but I don't know that I'd feel confident getting on that elevator I'll be honest like that's scary like just, just getting in an old elevator that who knows if it's going to work because I mean I'm the skeptic here to some extent not a skeptic about ghosts like I, I believe in ghosts but I think we have to ask realistic questions and I mean, the reality is, who the heck knows? It was the 1950s. Technology was sketchy back then, just like it is today. Things go wrong that we can't really figure out all the time. There's always little little bugs that occur. It was probably the elevator, let's be real. But you never know. It could have been murder. I, I like a good true crime story. <laughs> you never know. A couple other things that happened here, supposedly, and I have no way to verify the rest. What happened to Claude Harvey did definitely happen there was also supposedly a caretaker who died by suicide via hanging in the boiler room and a couple other reports of suicide that are linked to room number 32 in room number 32 there was another person that they say died by suicide via a gunshot to the head And another that's kind of interesting because there's a balcony in this room. They say it was a handicapped person that actually wheeled himself over the balcony and died and fell off the edge of the hill and off the building. Gotcha. Very unfortunate. I mean, anytime you hear about suicide, it's always sad and terrible and it's it's unfortunate it's, it's tragic at the end of the day right and you know who knows maybe they are still hanging out at that hotel this is lisa and are you ready to embark on the adventure of a lifetime you've heard me delve into the world of haunted travel exploring eerie locations and uncovering spine chilling tales And now I'm thrilled to announce the launch of something very special to me, which is my own travel agency brought to you by Your Haunted Holiday. 
As our listeners know, I'm not just passionate about haunted travel, I live and breathe it. From researching the most haunted destinations to planning unforgettable journeys, I'm here to make your travel dreams a reality. Whether you're seeking the thrill of a haunted location or craving a getaway to somewhere a little less spine tangling, I've got you covered. And here's the best part, my services are absolutely free. Let me put my travel skills to good use by helping you plan the perfect escape. Simply visit yourhauntedholiday.com and click on the Travel Agency by Lisa link at the top of the page in the menu. So where will your next adventure take you? Let's make it a journey you'll never forget. Contact Your Haunted Holiday Travel Agency today and let's start planning. Your adventure awaits. So this place, Lindsay, like I said, for sure looks haunted. And again, it's one of those places I keep hearing about partially because I work with a lot of people that just happen to be in Arizona. And so when they hear about the podcast, they're like, oh my gosh, have you done an episode on the Jerome Grand Hotel? Like a bunch of people go there and a lot of them are going there for ghost hunts, right? Some of the things that you want to look for, listen for are footsteps in the hallways, so something very common that we hear about, and also pacing noises. There's also the sound in the hallways of gurneys wheeling by Mm. when there's no gurney there. Very interesting. I imagine it would be really hard to track, but we probably don't really have a good idea of how many people actually died in this place. We have zero idea, but we know there were deaths, right? Probably quite a few just based on the fact that it was a hospital on, on its, on its own. Right? Exactly. Exactly. The other thing you want to look for are objects moving. There's lots of reports of furniture moving. One of the workers had moved a bunch of chairs, turned around, and then all of a sudden the chairs were moved back into their original position. Another person working there had heard like a commotion in the gift shop area, goes in there and finds all of these gift shop items being thrown off of the shelves, pictures being thrown off of the wall and um, laid out on the floor. So lots of reports of things like that going on here. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty typical thing that we hear about right like the chairs being put back in place like I think of the Bullock Hotel how that occurred uh, in the downstairs bar they had just put all the chair the stools up and then they turn around and boom they're all right back to where they were but that seemed more like a ghost who was kind of taking care of the place maybe didn't like how they set things up trying to put things back in order maybe that's the case here although this this place doesn't serve the same purpose today that it did back then So maybe it's just a poltergeist. It could, though. Yeah, I think it sounds very poltergeisty. But to your point, something I wasn't even planning on mentioning, but something I had heard about was that over the years, there was two different psychics. I, I mean, there's been a bunch of psychics, but there was two different psychics that showed up to the place after it became a hotel. Without knowing each other, they both reported that there was nurses in the main lobby area that were upset that the desks had been moved Mm -hmm. and they didn't know each other but yet these both of these psychics came up with this same kind of conclusion so maybe to your point it's 
the nurses trying to kind of watch out for the place, make sure it's tidy. They want things in a specific location. It absolutely could be. I mean, I know even myself, you know, spending a lot of time in like a, before I worked in an office, I used to work like retail and in a restaurant. And when I spent like countless hours there week after week, I liked things done a certain way, right? So I can't imagine being there for even longer, potentially. You, you were a staff member there for year, decades, maybe. And now you're there forever, maybe, <laughs> right? So, I mean, I could see how someone could be kind of particular and, and want things a certain way. Definitely. And maybe they don't even know they're dead, right? I mean, that's Who knows? one of the these theories are, out there. These are just people. That's all it is, right? They're just people that that used that are attached to this property for whatever reason. Yes. And some of the housekeepers say that they seem to be kind of people that these ghosts like to kind of mess with a little bit. Sometimes they will hear their names called when they're all alone, mm. like in a room, and that can really freak them out. Or even they'll be alone in a room cleaning it, and all of a sudden the door will slam shut on them, which is one of my worst nightmares is being like closed into a room where the ghost actually closed the door. (laughs) Super scary. It's like you go down to the basement, the creepy basement, and then boom, the door shut on you and you can't get out. That's a scary thought. Definitely. You're also going to hear noises of patients talking to each other that aren't there. Heavy breathing. You're going to hear wailing sounds, coughing, And sometimes it sounds like people are crying in pain. A lot of this activity, it happens all over the building, but it does seem to kind of surround the third floor a bit. They say that's where the primary operating room was. They think a lot of the deaths probably occurred on the third floor. I mean, this was in the built in the 20s. Surgeries weren't always as successful as they were today. You know, they didn't have anesthesia like they do now and, and stuff like that. So third floor I I think would be a good place to try to experience this and room 32 is the other place that you probably want to book this is the room that they say has the most activity there's not a specific spirit that is tied to this room however there's a lot of things that move so they say doors are going to open and close objects move and faucets will turn on and off by themselves there That's pretty cool. I like the idea of being able to set up a camera, trying to capture something because that's, it's hard to miss if you catch it in real time on video. Definitely. Now let's talk about a few of the apparitions that are seen here. There is an old woman in white that is sometimes seen by the elevator. So woman in white, but this apparently is somebody that's a little bit aged in her years. There's a young boy that they think is around the age of six that will just smile at people and then disappear. Ooh, very creepy. I mean, yes. I'm sure he means well, <laughs> but but it's just creepy because what what's what's going on here? It's a ghost. Definitely. And most of the ghosts are considered very nice. There's also the ghost of Claude Harvey who got pinned under the elevator. He's never like touched anybody or like put his hands on anybody or scratched anybody as far as we know but he does appear to be quite upset 
People say that they will see like an upset, angry looking man sometimes in the hallways, specifically by that service elevator and in the basement a lot. A lot of times people will actually say they'll be sitting somewhere and they'll almost feel the sense of somebody is looking at them mm-hmm. and they will look over and there's like an angry guy like staring them down Ugh. and then when they turn around to look at him he'll kind of like turn around and walk away Ooh, that would be super scary but i welcome it i want to see this i mean wow what a that would be so cool yeah he's just not happy that he got pinned under that elevator. I, I mean, suppose. at least if you're there and you know this story and you know that this is probably, you know, the, the guy who used to work here, you know that, okay, if I turn around and see a super angry looking ghost, like he's not going to hurt me. He's just angry for whatever reason. And he's just there. Like, I mean, it's still going to be terrifying, folks. That's just the reality. You're still going to be terrified. But I mean, you can you can deal with it reasonably. <laughs> based on the information that we're providing you here on this show. (laughs) And like I said, most of the ghosts here are considered nice. That's the only one that they say is like, "Mm, it's a little ornery, I suppose. (laughs) But there's also one other apparition I'll talk about that is probably the most seen by people. And it is the apparition of a minor, they say, that has a beard. They're kind of assuming it's a minor. It's kind of a rustic looking dude and he's seen everywhere in this place the first time he was seen was actually when it was a hospital and one of the nurses was going through the ward and shutting off all the lights comes back up and all the lights are turned back on and she actually blamed one of the patients and was like oh my gosh why did you turn these lights back on I just went through and turned them all off and the patient said no it was that bearded guy you know, and she didn't believe this patient. And then not long after that, she actually saw the image of the bearded guy kind of like drifting across a room. And she was suddenly like, oh my gosh, maybe it is a ghost that turned those lights on. It's got to be a shocker. You know, for those folks that don't believe in this stuff, and I understand why someone who's never had an experience is skeptical. I understand why someone doesn't believe it because they've never experienced this. Why should they believe it, right? There's a lot of fake evidence out there. It's easy to kind of attribute good evidence as fake evidence when when you don't really believe in this stuff. But can you imagine like being that lady and then boom, there it is. There's no denying it. That's why more people that are just skeptics, I just man, I want some of my friends that are skeptics to just have an experience like that. And they can come to me and say, you know what? You were right. There's ghosts. (laughs) So Lindsay, Jerome, Arizona is approximately a hundred miles north of Phoenix. So if you're in that Phoenix area, it's really not that far. You could easily take a weekend trip up here Again, it's a small town, but it really is touristy. It's all about kind of ghost town vibes. The town itself, from everything that I've seen, they embrace the ghosts. A lot of people are going there for ghosts, specifically, Mm -hmm. especially around Halloween time. It looks as though, like, in October, you might struggle to book a room. So if you're planning to go around Halloween, like, really think that through ahead of time and get your rooms booked early because... 
Although this place doesn't really claim to be haunted, they do address it. They they let people go in there and film. I think it's been on some TV shows. But the owner's just kind of like, I don't know, maybe it's haunted, maybe it's not. But the people going there really seem to think that it's haunted. Aside from, you know, going to see all the mining museums and stuff like that, this really is a beautiful place. You're, when you stay at this place, they have balconies, rooms looking at mountains and valleys. So it's it's pretty neat looking and, and a very historic place. They do have a restaurant here. And to give you an idea of how they embrace their ghosts, it's called the Asylum Restaurant. So I wasn't able to pull up a menu. I, I looked and they had pictures of the food and it, it actually looked pretty decent. They had some like butternut squash soup, some creme brulee. So it looked a little on the fancier side and they have a bar, I think with live music and, and stuff like that. But a, most of the names of these little shops inside are very much like ghostly related. I was going to say what an interesting name for a restaurant, but it's good that they have a restaurant on site because it's like, you know, sometimes you're kind of rushed and you just need a quick place to grab a bite. Yeah. And I mean, it looks pretty good. If, if they don't have a McDonald's, you're going to need to stop in this place for for some food. Who knows? But since it's a touristy place, it sounds kind of touristy. Like a lot of people from Phoenix going, there's got to be multiple restaurant options. There's not a ton. That I can tell you. I, I, I'm gonna, only a I'm handful. Willing, I'm willing to bet there's more options than Red Boiling Springs, Tennessee. But there's a few. That's probably true. Because at least this is a tourist attraction. Red Boiling Springs was not. I will say, although this place was a hospital, it does look like a hotel when you get in. Um, although I think there are some references to the old hospital when you get in there. They have, you know, some historic pieces that were in the hospital from years and years ago. And it does look clean. It looks comfortable. The furniture, in my opinion, looks a little outdated. So it's not going to be like a super fancy smancy up-to-date room. But for a historic hotel, I think that it looks great. Okay. So it's not like what I would call like kind of kitschy, like a Miss Molly's. It's it's a lot nicer. It's more like a regular hotel, but maybe not as fancy as some of the others that we've covered, right? Yes, that's a good way to describe it because depending, you know, sometimes those kitschy places like Miss Molly's, I, by the way, I'm dying to go to Miss Molly's. That looks like a lot of fun. But I mean, you're not going to be as comfortable there because there's creepy dolls and weird stuff all over the place. You know, right. here... They don't have creepy dolls everywhere, it appears. They do have some, like, you know, historic items to play homage to the hospital, but, like, they're not in your room, you know? You don't have a stethoscope over the bed or, you know, something weird like that. So this is focused on being a hotel first and foremost. The ghosts are a plus. Yes, exactly. Now... The room rates here, I think, are pretty reasonable. Again, like any time we give you guys a room rate, these are subject to change. They're going to alter depending on the time of year, etc. The rate for a standard room is about $180 a night. If you want a standard balcony room, it's about $200 a night. Ooh. So is this like two queen beds, a king? It To me, looks like queen 
a, a single queen bed, but there are other options out there for you that are maybe just okay. a little more than that standard room where you could get two queen beds, a king bed. And they mm-hmm. even do have a suite there. It's like the executive suite or something like that. It's big, but like it's not that nice looking in my you know what I mean like yeah a lot of times you get a suite you think oh man it's gonna have all nice tile in the bathroom and it's gonna be so pretty nah it's not I mean (laughs) it's a little dated fair enough fair enough I think $180 sounds like a lot although you know I don't know like the area very well if it's a really big touristy place I could see how they could charge these kinds of rates seems a little bit pricey though for like a small town not in a big city i tell you what though they do book up because like i was looking for just like today's date for example Mm -hmm. they didn't have any rooms available Mm. so and i think it's going to depend on the time of year too right like if, if it's in the height of summer when it's so hot in arizona those room rates might go down because this this might be peak season. People going because it's nice and cool. They can get outside, uh, go explore nature and hike, etc. In mm-hmm. Arizona, so like their peak season versus Nebraska's peak season, where I am, is quite a bit different. Right, that makes sense. It just seems a little bit on the pricey side, especially for something that's not like totally updated and like nice but I mean if they're selling out I mean supply and demand people I mean if people are willing to pay and they're booking that's great yeah I do not disagree with you well I will say that this place sounds really cool I would spend the money I know I'm kind of griping about price but I would totally do it Um, I have some friends in Phoenix so I don't know Lisa maybe we need to do a Phoenix trip and then drive up there for a couple of days it's pretty close by Yes, we definitely should do that eventually. Yeah, I'm all about a cool old mining town in the mountains. Well, everyone, I do have a really great email that I want to share with with you all. Um, This is just a partial email from Tracy that you sent to us recently because she includes some good recommendations, which I'm going to pass by because we're probably actually going to maybe cover one of these locations here in the future. But she says, I really enjoy your podcast and the unique way that you have of making vacations into ghost hunts. I have definitely put some of these hotels on my must-see list of future trips for my wife and I. And then he gives us some suggestions, but what I want to cover is her PS part because she talks about how they went to the Stone Lane Inn a few years ago. So she says, PS, my wife and I and another couple went to the Stone Lane Inn in Guthrie, Oklahoma. We covered this a long time ago. And by the way, it it looks like a pretty cool place to go. I mean, it's a little kitschy, but they have a murder (laughs) mystery dinner. I mean, that's fun. looks really cool. So this is kind of a great update from our listener that actually went and did this several years ago. Um, It says, we did not experience any hauntings of any sort, but it was a very cool experience nonetheless. The way she did it, the owner, then, was you were told about your character and the time period in advance. There was even a character that was the victim. We had started dinner, and during dinner, the victim died, and we were split up into two groups, men versus women in this case, to investigate. Our team figured out that my character actually did it, but unfortunately we got his motive wrong, so technically could not claim victory. Overall, we had a very good time and the food was great. I would highly recommend it. Keep up the good work and happy hauntings from Tracy. 
awesome. I love the update. And if anybody else has updates on any of the places we covered or recommendations, please let us know because unfortunately we don't have Oprah money, so we cannot go to all these locations. So we depend on you to give us your true opinion on what your experience was like. And so reading something like that really makes me smile. I think Tracy did have a great time at that murder mystery dinner and confirmed that it would be a blast. Absolutely. This is one of the reasons we really want to go to the Stone Lion Inn because we love a good murder mystery dinner. And it sounds like this is something I didn't realize before reading the email is that you play a character in this. It's not like you're playing like a detective and just trying to put the clues together like in some dinners. In this case, you're actually assigned a character and you show up in kind of costume that they give you in advance to do. So kind of cool. Maybe that's still how they do it. I don't know. It's been a few years, but great update. Thank you so much for the email. Like Lisa said, if you have an update for us on any of the, maybe you visited one of the locations that we've covered and you had an experience or even just a general review about your experience and how your stay was at one of these places, go to yourhauntedholiday.com, hit contact us and send us an email. I'm so curious to hear your stories. Also um, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and make sure to rate us five stars if you're enjoying the show. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great week. Stay safe and healthy, everybody.